I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. The reading is from Genesis. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, and I will do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff, I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, please, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I am afraid of him. He may come and kill us all, the mothers with children. Yet you have said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted because of their number. So he spent that night there. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jacob, Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face and yet my life is preserved. We do not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jacob, the son of Isaac and Rebekah, was born a fighter. Even in the womb, Jacob and his twin brother Esau traded blows, grieving their mother. Esau was born first, but not by much. Jacob came out of the womb grasping Esau's heel as if in a bid to pull his brother back and claim claim the right of the firstborn for himself. Jacob's name reflects the manner in which he was born, meaning he takes by the heel. Also, he supplants. Eventually, Jacob would acquire Esau's birthright in exchange for a bowl of stew. He would also swindle his almost blind father on his deathbed to get the blessing intended for Esau. He would then run for his life, marry two competing sisters, 
have 11 kids between the sisters and their maids and flee from his opportunistic father-in-law only to return home and face the wrath of his brother Esau. Facing Esau was not for the faint-hearted. Esau was still bitter, even 20 years later. If there was any doubt, it would have vanished with the news that Esau was riding out to meet Jacob, accompanied by 400 men. After Jacob divided his family and his possessions into two groups, he sent them across the river, where he was afraid that Esau would attack. Night fell, and he put the river Jabbok between them and himself. Night is the time that robbers waylay late travelers. Night is the time when shepherds do battle with wild animals. Night is the time when demons rise from the rivers and spirits roam the earth. Alone, in the depths of night, Jacob encountered an unexpected adversary along the banks of the Jabbok. He wrestled with his assailant until the gray light of pre-dawn began to reach for the river's edge. At that moment, Jacob's opponent struck him on the hip, dislocating it. Still, Jacob the fighter did not loosen his grip. The shadowy figure pleaded, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. His adversary agreed to the conditions. He changed Jacob's name to Israel before blessing him, saying, you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Israel's tenacity found favor with God and would continue to be a source of heavenly blessings. Tenacity is not often lifted up as a virtue of faith. Perhaps that's because of faith that values tenacity is not an easy faith. It's a faith filled with doubts and with struggles. One commentator I listened to pointed out that many people look to their faith for tranquility, reassurance, and stability. Few, if any, want faith to make them uncomfortable. Few, if any, want to have their most cherished beliefs questioned or challenged. Life is filled with enough struggles as it is. Who would want to introduce struggle into the foundation of our strength and comfort? Our expectations of faith sometimes threaten to make our faith otherworldly and irrelevant. Faith becomes an escape from everything that's wrong with this reality when that happens. Like a drug, it numbs us to our own pain and to the pain of our neighbor. It holds the same promise as our favorite TV show. 
insulating our fractured lives and preventing us from being made whole. If our faith becomes a quick fix for pain, we are not worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God's blessing is not for the escapee, but for the tenacious wrestler the one who refuses to let go, while at the same time demanding a blessing. Everyone who knows the story knows it as the story where Jacob wrestles God. But in truth, the identity of Jacob's attacker is unknown. The story describes Jacob's assailant only as a man. But there is enough reason to believe that this man was also a divine being. It's possible that the man was God. However, I think it's more likely that the man was an angel representing God. It is also possible that the man was a river demon, especially when we consider his fear of the dawn. Many commentators also identify the man as Jacob himself, since the words for Jacob, Jabek, and wrestling are all related and sound almost the same in Hebrew. The true identity of Jacob's opponent doesn't really matter. God's face was revealed to Jacob in the dust and in the darkness on the riverbank that night a terrifying apparition that should have killed him instantly. Yet his life was preserved. In that moment, it seems that Jacob passed through judgment by the God of his ancestors. Perhaps it was a moment of reckoning for him after all the people that he hurt through his cunning and his ambition. Anyone who has drawn near to God knows how God's overwhelming holiness is like an all-consuming fire. The most virtuous person would be burning with shame in God's presence. And the most insightful person would be plunged into the searing darkness of despair. Anyone who sees God or encounters God directly is instantly undone, destroyed. It is remarkable that Jacob came through such an experience and lived. He emerged as the same man in some respects and as a transformed man in others. By God's grace, his life was not just preserved, but was transformed through his struggle at the banks of the Jabbok. Jacob had become Israel, the father of what would one day be a holy nation. His descendants would enjoy a special relationship with God as God's most treasured possession. God chose this tenacious patriarch as the founder of God's priestly kingdom. God would live among his descendants, blessing them and defending them all the days of their lives. 
Such faith was not an easy faith, as we will discover later this fall. Yet it is a faith that gives blessing in the midst of struggle and victory to the tenacious fighter. The faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a faith for the real world. It does not blindly run from this world into the next so as to escape life with as few bruises as possible. It asks the hard questions and refuses to let go, all the while demanding to be blessed. We have inherited this faith through our Lord Jesus. For his sake, God blesses us in our own struggles, not just individually, but as a society. Faith must address the real questions that we are asking, and faith must transform the real-life struggles that we face. If it doesn't, our faith rests on something that has no power to bless or to save. If it does, we may discover that our adversary will impart God's blessing to us before the rising sun. Israel would make peace with his brother Esau that very day. He would settle in his ancestral homeland and raise his family there. Of course, his troubles weren't over. There was intense jealousy among his wives and his concubines. His children were quarrelsome. They would devise a scheme to get rid of Israel's favorite son, Joseph. Eventually, a famine would drive Israel and his remaining sons to Egypt. There, they would be reunited with Joseph, who had miraculously become Pharaoh's right-hand man. But the situation in Egypt wouldn't always be favorable for Israel's family. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.